When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on in-flight snack, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the Jets find new lows. And that's what happened on Friday against... The Miami Dolphins, the Jets are four and seven now, like I told you they would be. And it feels like they're playing out of string and this team has given up. So ultimately, whose head is going to be on the chopping block? Does this start costing people jobs? And we talked about what could happen with this team moving forward the rest of this year and beyond this season. Not the most fun episode, I'll say, but definitely we try and have a good time with it and still do our thing, Bilal and I. So great episode coming up. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In Flight Snack. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. Bet online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to bet online today. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Third line ready. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavie. Good morning. Today is Monday, November 27th. Hope everyone had a nice holiday weekend. And if you're a Jets fan today at this point, and if you're a Jets fan on Friday watching that, like myself, you just had to laugh. At some point, it's just funny because it's the same stuff over and over again. We're used to it. There's nothing else to do. There's Nothing that can make it any better. It just is what it is. It sucks. It's just, this is how it's been. And when I watched that pick six at the end of the first half, um, 100-yard pick six on a Hail Mary, and I'm watching the guy, and the second he gets about like 15 yards out of the end zone, I realize everyone's behind him, and no one's going to stop him. And it almost happened in slow motion. I just laughed. And that's what we should all do. I made money on the game. Listen to my bets, Bilal. I had... The Dolphins minus nine and a half. I had the Dolphins alternate spread minus six and a half. I had the Jets under 14 and a half total points. That was easy also. I had Moster to score a touchdown. He scored two of them. I had Hill to get 60 yards. He had 100 yards. It was the easiest day of gambling I've ever had in my life. I made a ton of money off of it. And I just sat there and laughed. And maybe it was a little bit of the extracurricular activity that I was doing that was making me just not angry. I was just laughing about it because at some point, that's the point that we're at with this franchise where we've watched this now for God knows how many years. For me, you know, I've been a fan now for what? 20 years for you. You've been a fan for four. You're part of the organization for nine. 
you just got to look at this and be like, there's nothing to even talk about. We like for me to come on here and yell and scream about the same thing happening over and over again. It's just typical. Just when they think they can't disappoint you and they can't upset you more and they can't get it any worse, they find a new low. So that said, Bilal, how was your holiday weekend? I know it was your wife's birthday, Thanksgiving. You had the, uh, you had obviously your national team. You were doing some practice with them. So all that stuff. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. I mean, outside of the the loss, everything else was well. You know, had a chance to eat some good food. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I had caught glimpses of the of the game. I, I didn't get a chance to really like watch it. And obviously, I'm glad I didn't. You know, I always yeah. go off of your reaction, Rami. Anytime you get on here and the hat's backwards and you're drinking coffee, I know it was a tough sledding game for the New York Jets. Um, but what else did you expect? I mean, they started boil. Like, you told me the, the stats. And not once that I asked for him. I wanted Trevor Simeon. So for me, it's almost like, what are the Jets playing for? When you you know what is the Jets organization saying to their players when they don't put the best available guys out on the field? What are you saying? Yeah, what can you say in the team meeting after a loss to a divisional opponent? What can you say to you guys? How can you look in them in the eyes and say, "Hey, we put the best players out there to help us win"? Still had a chance at the playoffs. Now it's to me, it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And now you're going to start seeing all these young guys get opportunity and, you know, some veterans sit down. You, you see a couple be- veterans sitting on the bench already, guys inactive. Um, it, it's nothing else to say, honestly. And I didn't want to get on this podcast on a Monday and, and talk like this, but I have to. It's almost asking yourself, like, what are they playing for? Are they playing for... A high pick. Well, we, we're tired of hearing that. I heard that my entire career. Oh, they're 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 sinking the season for a high pick. Well, who are you gonna go get? Who who can definitely come in here and help us win? Absolutely nobody. Because when you have a team and a in a defense like that, and you, you and you just find a way to throw throw the season away, no one's gonna come in here and help you win. You know that that starts from the coaching staff. Honestly, like. And I'm only coaching sixth grade, Rami. But you know what I tell my my kids when I tell my players is, as coaches, we have to put you in the best position possible. Best position. Position. Yep. You have to execute. No matter what that may be. And then we have to make our adjustments. I think the New York Jets need to really ask themselves that they give themselves a chance to win against a, a good Miami Dolphins team. Now, are they the best team in the league? No, but they're a very high-powered offense one of the most explosive offenses. Did you really give your defense a chance to win when you put in and started and decided to start Tim Boyle over Trevor Simeon? When you look at the statistics, and you told me the statistics, and I was shocked at the fact that this guy is in the NFL with the statistics that he had. And not only did he make it, he's still, he's just hanging around. So I'm just like to myself, like, okay. Yeah, and the video, by the way, has like 250,000 views on Instagram. So if you want to check oh, it yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 200 and something. That's, that's, that was big. Maybe we need to do more of those uh, Tim yeah, exactly. videos so we can get more uh, exposure. But, I mean, right now we're talking about the Jets and what they're doing, man. Honestly, I, I think it's one of those things where they're not going to overcome this. And then there's so many hot seats right now sitting on hot coal. There's hot seats going on. We don't know what it is, but there's hot seats going on. Somebody's going to get fired. I have a feeling someone's going to get fired. I don't know who. And then at that point, I don't know who manages it. I don't know who brings in who. I don't know who has say-so. I'm just here to celebrate my wife's birthday today. (laughs) Well, happy happy birthday. I'm glad we could (laughs) laugh about that. But here's the thing, like, like you said, this team, at some point, they look in the mirror and they say, what am I supposed to do, right? This organization is not trying to win. The idea that when Rodgers went down, and this goes all the way back to that first game, because they failed as an organization from that day. When they didn't bring in a backup, they stuck with Wilson. They admitted last year that Wilson wasn't ready to play. And then even once Rodgers went down, they failed to bring in a backup. And so they basically told the rest of the locker room, we don't care about winning. 
And I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the coaches. The coaches on this team were told, we don't care about your job. Because ultimately, and we just saw this in Carolina this morning, Frank Reich was fired for a decision that the organization made. Right? The organization, David Tepper, the owner, wanted to draft Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is looking like the rookie of the year and a potential multiple-time MVP in this league at some point. And Bryce Young looks like a rookie quarterback who maybe will figure it out or most likely, because most of them do, will bust. Mm -hmm. And the guy who got fired and lost his job for it is Frank Reich 11 games into the season. He wasn't going to make Bryce Young any better. Bryce Young is what he is. But Carolina's looking at this. They can't live with the decision they made to draft him over CJ Stroud, which I wouldn't be able to live with that decision either. And they needed a scapegoat, so they fired Frank Reich. The coaching staff on this Jets team is going to be scapegoated. And I feel bad for them. But more than that, more than the players, which you can speak to, more than the owner, I definitely don't feel bad for the owner. He's sitting in a box somewhere. He's making his money. He's fine. I feel bad for the fans. This is a public trust. When you own a sports team, it's a public duty to do right by the fans. And this was a year that was a win-now window. And you decided to punt on the season once Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You said, Rodgers is hurt. What can we do about it? We'll try again next year. You had an opportunity to go get better quarterback play. You had an opportunity to make changes in the season. You had an opportunity to do something. This is a really good team. Take advantage of this defense. And instead, you're like, eh, he got hurt. What are we supposed to do? And then you went ahead and you raised season ticket prices for next year on the fans anyway. And you told them that they have to commit to next year's season tickets three months ahead of their usual time that they have to commit to season tickets. So I don't feel bad for you, Woody Johnson. I think he's blissfully unaware. I don't think Woody Johnson cares about winning or losing. He cares about the money that comes in. He doesn't care about the fans. So I feel terrible for the fans who have to sit through the last 15 years of this team being absolute just awful, just an awful franchise. And this team sitting there and doing the same thing again when we had a real opportunity this year and you punted on it again. And you mentioned that, what did you expect on, on Friday? I didn't expect them to win. Look, the Dolphins only beat up on bad teams. The Jets are a bad team. That's who the Dolphins beat up on. But it's even in the losses, finding new lows. It's how you lose. It's the optics of it. And the optics from Friday were a team that gave up, a team that was undisciplined as always, and then another historically bad play. You could look at the butt fumble that happened on Thanksgiving. You could look at the fake spike game that happened on Thanksgiving weekend. And now you have a new Thanksgiving memory, a 100-yard pick six on a Hail Mary that I've never seen that before in my life. And of course, it happened to the Jets because it always happens to the Jets. You know, always is a strong word, but it seems that way. And For the last 15 years? It, it seems that way. And hey, listen, I've been a part of it um, for a long time now. And I'm in this because I want to see the New York Jets win. And there's so many layers and factors that goes into this business, I'm assuming. I, I, I've never sat in an office where, you know, they, they evaluate players or what those meetings or like, but I can only assume in the New York Jets lining up against the Dolphins didn't even stand a chance. They didn't stand a chance. They didn't stand a chance. They didn't stand a chance when the organization didn't decide to go get a quarterback. They didn't stand a chance. So we go from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle. They didn't stand a chance. And it almost makes you think that Aaron Rodgers not only convince the fans, but the organization that he's going to hurry back so they don't go get a quarterback that can possibly take the shine away from him. I mean, I'm, I can only assume, Rami. Like, I'm not That's a fly on the wall. Like. I'm yeah. not a fly on the wall. I, I, I'm not in the locker room. I'm I'm not in the the business decision offices where they're they're meeting. I'm I'm not doing that. But just from a you know, I can only assume in my mind that was this all to keep the quarterbacks that were best available at the time away for him to, hey, I'm coming back. 
Aaron Rodgers, honestly, with no playoff hopes, why would you come back right now? Why would and you come what, back? And then I guarantee when we get closer and closer to that time, th- then you're going to get the news that, oh, he's not ready yet. Because I've seen this, Rami. I've seen guys come in here as veterans, come in here to New York. By the way, they always say if you want to go in your career or, or you're on your way out, you come to New York. I've seen guys fake injuries when the playoff hopes were out. I've seen it. And I won't name anybody. I won't name any players. But I've seen it. I know they wasn't hurt. I've seen guys fake injuries going into training camp so they don't have to go through that. And then they're day one starters. I've seen it. So it almost makes you think, all right, how much say-so is Aaron Rod- does Aaron Rodgers have right now? And was he a big factor in the New York Jets not, to go, not going to get the best available quarterback at the time of his injury? And you said it early on, and I didn't believe you. But now I'm starting to assume that's what it – that's what it is. And I can only assume that. And, you know, it's unfair to the players. It's unfair to the the guys that put in that hard work. It, it's unfair. When I look over and I see a guy faking an injury or when I see a guy, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is faking an injury, but I've seen oh, no. guys fake injuries yeah. to get past training camp, to go on, be day one starters. Then they get there and then all of a sudden they're not performing. Then they try to say all these injuries are happening. Then then, then when the playoff hopes is uh, out the door, then all of a sudden they're inactive. I've seen it, all right? I've seen it as a player, all right? And I can't speak from it sitting in the office. I wish I was a fly on the wall listening in on these meetings, but I'm not. So we can only assume as fans, like, what is really going on? And for the past 15 years, all right, you you said it. Like, what is what what is it? Because I look at this roster from day one, and I say, hey, easily, we have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, in the NFL, and you don't come across that. And I'm not talking about just defense, offensive side of the ball. You don't come across that. So if I was management, I would I would have had a date. They, they didn't have – it looked like they didn't have a plan B. Once plan A was out the door, they couldn't put their heads together to come up with a plan B. And I don't know who had any say-so with that. I'm not going to go into that depth, like – but it just looked like, man, like you said, you feel bad for the fans. I didn't pay any money for no tickets. So, you know, I don't know what the fans are feeling like. You know, I, I can look at it from my TV, but fans that, you know, hard-earned money, inflation going on around the country, you feel bad for fans that really paid money for those season tickets thinking that they're going to have uh, an expectation, right? These fans pay for higher prices, price tickets because, okay, they're setting their expectations up here. And then all of a sudden you see, the organization not trying their best to go out and get a guy that can help them win. They probably could be frustrated. I don't know. I'm not part of the organization. I'm not. I'm only a former player that sometimes I go in, I get a chance to see, you know, guys in pregame stand on the sideline. Then I go to my seat and I watch the game. That's it. That's all I'm doing. But now I'm looking at it as a fan. And I can only assume what's going on in that building. Yeah. And you talk about Rogers. Another report comes out this week that, He's targeting December 24th against Washington to come back. He might practice as early as this week. I mean, it seems like he's the one running the show, right? It seems like he's the guy who's making all these decisions. And you talk is about the selling point, though. Is that the, is that the is that what they're hanging their head on as a selling point to raise the price? Like, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. It is. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Rami. I called my season ticket rep and I said, why are the season? Why are the tickets going up? He said, well, it's a long season. And sure, it didn't start great, but you know, there's still plenty of time. And he said this to me when they were four and four or four and five. And I'm like, okay, well, they're going to be four and seven, which they were. And then he starts giving me coach speak, you know, with Aaron coming back next year. Obviously, it didn't go as well as expected because he got hurt, but he's coming back next year. And so we expect a big jump. And I'm like, what are they feeding you over there in New York? This guy doesn't believe this. The season ticket rep doesn't believe this. And so, yeah, they're selling everyone on Rodgers. But you talk about the other players. You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be the quarterback. What kind of precedent does it set for everyone else when they see Aaron coming out here and doing what he wants and playing by his own rules? What does a guy like Quentin Williams see? And he's like a team leader and he's been here for years and he's put his hard... He's lost here. He's put... Just signed an extension to be be here. here. (laughs) And he's watching Rodgers waltz in and just take control of everything. And it's costing you a chance in his career. Like you talked about with LT on last episode... This is one chance that Quentin Williams is never going to get back. How do the players now look at Rodgers in the face? And what, are they still going to look at him the way they did in training camp on hard knocks and be like, oh, 
it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God. Or they can be like this fucking dude. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how I would look at him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, you, you uh, I'm sure, you know, and, and at this time, you know, this is when, this is when you can see character. And, and this is how guys, I'm not saying that players are talking bad about Aaron right now. I'm not saying that they're pointing fingers at Aaron. But, you know, at this time, like, this is how you get your name around the league. Like, this is, like, what type of guy is he? Like, is he a, a me, me, me guy? Is he a really, is he really a team guy? You know, those are the things that are circulating in the, the locker room and sometimes leak, they leak out, right? He can he can put up the front in front of the, the media, but, like, the locker room is the locker room. So, you know, you're almost asking yourself, like, what's really going around uh, or throwing, going through the the minds of the players is sitting in the locker room looking around. Like, I've been in that locker room, and you can only look around and wonder, right? You can only look around and wonder who's talking to who, who's saying what. Which which players going up to the to the coach's office? Because right now coaches are asking, "Hey, how's the locker room? Like, what 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 conversations are going on?" And guys are looking around now. Now guys are starting to get tight. They're starting to get, you know, uh, you know, they're second guessing conversations. Now it's all starting to fall apart. And and I get it's starting to fall apart. You you saw what happened to the defense. It, it, it's it's over. You know, you could tell those guys to go out and, and fight and fight, but now is now it comes down to the locker room. Yeah, now, and the you, teams you know, quit. It, it, it comes down to that, man. Like it, it comes down to the the staff and management. They're trying to figure out, hey, what's the energy like? You know, you know, you know, Michael Carter, for an example. You know, that player, that player's meeting very well could have been about him. He could have yeah. very well been saying things in the locker room. That somebody went back and said something to, and, and all of a sudden he's he's cut, he's released. Exactly. You know, so now you thank God they cut him because look how much it helped the team. I hope my sarcasm is translating. Oh my god, no, I'll run me listen. I can tell you, I always, I can always look at look at the camera and tell if you're uh, what what type of game the New York Jets had. I don't have to watch a game. I just get on and look at your reactions on Monday, and I know what type of game it was. All right. But I mean, those are the things you. That, that's where you are right now. You know, pretty much like what is the what is the locker room like, and you know all these different things, and who's having what conversations. You know, because everybody's like, okay, I'm on the hot seat. I need to know what's going on in the locker room. A guy's giving up on me, all right? Because if a guy's giving up on me, then I, what kind of game plan should I put together? Should I just say, okay, just let's just get to vacation. Let's just get through the season. Let's tank it. Let let's pretend like we're putting the game plan together. Like you got to get that feeling from as a as a as a coach from your players, and and now all of a sudden you got guys walking up that you never seen walk up and go talk to the head coach. It's like okay, I know I probably can't talk to him. Like I really want to, (laughs) (laughs) I can't get to him. So you know those are the things you're facing right now at at this time, Um, especially when you had a good opportunity ahead of you. Even even with the injury of, of of Rogers, I think just going to get a solid quarterback still would have gave us a good chance to to get into the playoffs. Like we weren't talking about Super Bowl contending, but we, we but we were still in conversation with playoffs, even with Aaron Rodgers going down. Can you imagine? Just paint this picture for yourself. The Jets go out and get I don't know Josh Dobbs, and I think Josh Dobbs looks good in Minnesota. I don't think he'd look as good in this offense because I think there's real issues with Nathaniel Hackett, which we can get into at some point. Um, but they go out and get Josh Dobbs, what, the second week of the season. And he st- comes in here and starts. He starts a few games. And the Jets are 5-5 five and five right now. Or, yeah, they're 5-6, and six, let's say, instead of 4-7. and seven. Still not great, but 5-6 and six or 6-5. Six and five. And the news drops that Aaron Rodgers is planning to come back December 24th. We'd be ecstatic. We'd be like, oh my God, this team has a chance to go to the playoffs. All they need to do is bop, 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 win a game. And then Rodgers comes back. You have a bad team in Atlanta coming up. They're, they're home underdogs against Atlanta who sucks. I know they just beat the Saints, but Derek Carr threw that game quite literally. Then you have Washington coming up at home. You have Houston who I know they CJ Stroud looks awesome, but he's still a rookie quarterback, still a young team. And I, I have a question for you about that game also. We'll get to it a little bit later if we have time. Like, we'd be ecstatic. We'd be like, we have a chance to make a run. 
So you cost yourself Aaron Rodgers, you by not wanting another quarterback to come in, because if it really was Rodgers' decision, by not wanting another quarterback to come in, you cost yourself an opportunity to have one of the great comeback stories where you come back and lead this team to the playoffs. Now you're going to come back for nothing, for a meaningless season. And by the way, we talk about the fans. Aaron Rodgers, I want to see you back this year because you owe it to the fans. You owe at least that much to the fans because we're paying all this money and we're, we're paying for next year. We deserve to see you play for this team. I, I'm sorry. You can risk injury again. You want to get re-hurt? You'll do the rehab again and you'll come back in time for next season. But if you were controlling everything behind the scenes, to me, the second he got hurt, he should have been out of the picture and we don't talk about him. Like you said, you said that from day one, Aaron Rodgers is not here. He doesn't exist. Now that he got hurt and he was still controlling the team from outside the organization, from California at his rehab center, well, now you owe it to the fans and you owe it to the team and to your teammates to come back and play. This year, if you're healthy, and I don't care if you're 85%, 90%. If you get your doctor slip from Joe Rogan that says that you can play, you're coming back to play. I don't like, I really don't give a shit. And I already swore on the podcast once, so I might as well just, it's going to have that little E next to it. So I might as well let it loose now. I, I don't know what to tell you. Nothing else to say. I mean, yeah. Well, look. There's going to be a scapegoat. It'll make the for show fun, though, for all the, all the fans that are oh, clicking, subscribing, for real, for and listening. Us. We can make it fun. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're going to have some great guests. Bilal has a lot of teammates. We have a lot of contacts. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to talk sports. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk New York Rangers have been the best team in hockey. Um, if, if you're into some puck talk, we'll talk about the Jets. We'll make the Jets talk fun. And we'll also go around the NFL. We have, like, and I could say this, this is a special privilege. We're someone who played in the league for nine years, knows a lot of people in the league knows how the league runs. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in the league. We can talk about the playoffs, talk about the Chiefs, talk about the Eagles and that big game. There's a lot to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break. But coming up after the break, I, we're going to do a couple things. There has to be a scapegoat for this season. It's not because that they're losing. And I think this team could very possibly end the season 4-13. and 13. Like, I think that's a real possibility that they don't win another game the rest of the year. Maybe they get five, maybe they get six wins. But I think it's possible they end with four. Somebody has, but even the law, the losses don't mean that there has to be a scapegoat. If it was just the losses, I'd be fine with it. It's the optics, like I mentioned. It's how you're losing. It's the way it looks. It's a team not being ready. A team, like you said, playing like they're already, like they have no chance. Going into the game looking like they have no chance. I'll explain who the scapegoat is and why right after a quick break. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Coming back, uh, we're going to go around the league a little bit later. We're going to do a lot of fun segments. Bilal played, like I said, in the NFL for nine years. He's got some stories. We could talk about power rankings. We could do around the league, stories from around the league. We could do story time with Bilal. Uh, I want people to send in their questions, obviously, to us, but also send in your suggestions. If you have any suggestions for segments or things you want to hear from Bilal about the league, there are some stories that Bilal has told me uh, that I can share on here. And you can decide if you want to confirm or deny them once I do share them about your time in the NFL and some of your stories uh, with the Jets. So we'll get into all that stuff and we'll do that a little bit later. But first, I do think this season has been so bad that there has to be a scapegoat. And I don't want this to be the case, but I think you have to do it. And if it were up to me, I would do it today because I saw for two weeks in a row now that this team has quit. This team came out not ready to play. And you mentioned the team going into a game feeling like they have no chance. Robert Sala on the first Dolphins drive of the game challenged a catch that was a five-yard gain that would have make it, made it second and five. And he challenged it to make it second and 10 instead. A difference of five yards when they were inside their own territory. Doesn't that tell you how scared he is? That he was scared of a second and five? He's coaching scared. The first play of the game, Quinn Williams makes a tackle for a loss. 
a four yard loss and Quentin Jefferson comes in late hit 15 yard penalty. This team is undisciplined. They lost the game in Vegas and you could go back further than that. They lost the game. They were completely unprepared for a Monday night game when they had a real chance against a terrible, terrible Los Angeles Chargers team that just lost another game last night. They're four and seven too. They're just as bad as the Jets. They, they lost that game. They weren't ready to play. They went to Vegas and threw that game. They win that game if not for penalties. They threw that game away. Then they go into Buffalo on the first snap. You could tell they weren't ready to play and they didn't give a shit. And then the first snap again at home on Black Friday against Miami. Totally unprepared. So at some point, you can't overcome all these things. A six-game losing streak to end the year last year. You start 7-4 and four, you collapse down the stretch. Guys walking around in Mike White jerseys when Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback. Guys on Twitter tweeting their feelings and talking about different things and bashing other people. A team that's now quit two weeks in a row. A defense that's supposed to be the top defense in the league quit two weeks in a row. The personal foul penalties over and over and over and over. The pre-snap penalties over and over. The lack of discipline on the entire team. And then all of a sudden, Robert Sala, Mr. King of Discipline, decides to discipline Brees Hall, of all people, in his press conference. The guy who's been one of the best players on the team this year. And he calls out Brees Hall saying, yeah, he gets those, those easy yards, but he doesn't get the tough, gritty yards. What? Mm. And Brees Hall, by the way, took it better than anyone. Brees Hall went on Twitter and said, wow, everyone's so insulted on my behalf. I can take constructive criticism, which I love that Brees Hall did that. I don't like that he did it publicly, but I like that he took it as constructive criticism. Like, you lost this room, and I'm sorry, Robert Sala. You are going to have to pay the price for this. The media, you're so unsure. When you say, I plead the fifth about Zach Wilson, and then last year, your answer's about Wilson, and this year, he seems unsure. He doesn't have command of the room. You watch, I'm watching this new uh, hard knocks, the in-season hard knocks for the Miami Dolphins, and Mike McDaniel just has a command of the room. He has a command. He... Yes, he's quirky, he's weird, but he, when he says something, he says it with conviction. Robert Sala never says anything with conviction. And it sucks because I think Robert Sala didn't get a real chance. He never had a real quarterback. Robert Sala was in an awful situation. I wish it was better. And I don't know if he can be a good coach or not. I don't know. I don't think we have that answer. But you need someone to take responsibility for this loss. And I would fire Robert Sala today. I would make Jeff Ulbrich the interim head coach and see what happens. I, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say this. I think looking at it, it's almost like parenting. When you look at an undisciplined team, it's almost like, hey, I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. I'm your parent. Because when you put that friend label on it, then sometimes your, your kids they get too much freedom and not enough correction. And it's almost like that with coaching. Like once you're labeled as a, a player's coach, you have to, you have, to have like this, this healthy balance of discipline. And, and we've seen it all year now. You're doing two things. You're either coaching this stuff to happen or you're allowing it to happen as a coach. All right? You're either coaching it to happen or you're allowing it to happen. So at what point do, you know, does Robert put his foot down to his players and say, hey, this, this has to change? It has to be emphasized week in, week out. That's the thing about coaching. Like sometimes you can't even get away. You get too far away from the basics. And as you see the, the season start to slip, you have to almost pull your team back in and say, hey, we have to get back to the basics. What is the basics? Fundamentals. Discipline. All right. And like you said, the 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 having an undisciplined team is not going to help you win, especially when you're struggling on offense. And when you look at the structure of the way they're acting, the the undisciplinary part of it, it's almost like you have to go and get you a proven coach, a coach that's established, a coach that understands what he wants from his players, and maybe not a first first year coach. Maybe you go get a coach. Honestly, like I and, and I'll say this, I like Robert. I sat down with him, great dude. I love his philosophy. But I, I I sit here and I ask myself, what what would Rex Ryan do with this defense? I've been a part of Rex Ryan. I, I can't speak for Robert. I've been with Rex. He's a player's coach, but he had that he had that balance of, hey, I'm a player's coach, but 
it's business still. It's a time for everything. Robert Solomon, honestly, I think now the net is too far pitched and 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 it's too far for you to reel in. And honestly, you know, it has to be an example made this year because of the team that we had to win. Like if you can't win with this team, how are you going to win with any other team? And and it was all laid out this year. And, you know, you talk about Robert attacking Brees. When you get to that point, it's over. It's either Brees leaving or Robert Sala leaving. And that's how this all goes about in this business. When you got to, as a coach, say, hey, keep everything in-house, and then you going out there a player because you don't know what to say or is looking that bad that you have to start pointing fingers at a player and not taking responsibility for your coach, then that's a problem. That's a that's a that's a problem that you have to look in the mirror. Because as a player, if I if I ever see a coach criticizing me, knowing how much I put in, and we've seen as, as a fan base, and I've seen as a spectator that Brees Hall is a hundred percent effort every play. He's getting touched. 80% of the time in the backfield and still finding a way to gain yards. He's your most explosive player on your offense, but yet you say he needs to break more tackles. How about you say our O-line needs to block better, put accountability on it. We need a better scheme. We need better technique. We need better teachers and coaches. How about that? How about we take advantage as, as a whole organization? Say, hey, we have to do better as a staff, and our players have to do better as players. Not just and where hey, was this? Where was yeah. this Mr. Accountability when we were talking about Zach Wilson screwing up week after week? He exactly. didn't. He never held him accountable. So if he I'm never. Reason, like you didn't hold that guy accountable, and now you're coming after me. But I talked to you about this. I told you about this. I said it's going to come to a point where players and coaches are going to start going against each other. Robert Sala is a. He's not going to talk about his defense like that because that's his defense. He's yep. a defensive guy, so he has to point fingers at the bad, bad spots and poke. And he's not allowed to hold. Him. He's not allowed to hold Nathaniel Hackett accountable because that's that's Rogers' guy. So yeah, like oh, yeah, God forbid, exactly. can't speak bad about Hackett, who's had a terrible game plan this year. Yeah, exactly. And and so you have to poke. You have to poke the bear in a different place. And uh, Brees Hall, to me, arguably is one of the best running backs in the league. He, he, I mean, he was he was upholding his the end of his bargain coming off an ACL injury. He was the only spark in his offense outside of Garrett Wilson. And then Garrett Wilson started dropping balls. Yeah, he's averaging, what, eight, what, seven carries, uh, seven uh, receptions and almost close to 100 yards. But Brees Hall doing what he has been doing behind that offensive line, or injured offensive line, guys who were coming in, getting signed off the streets, guys who were just delivering Uber Eats probably, and, and now, they're, now they're playing on Sundays. Like, this guy was averaging five yards a carry, like, still showing explosiveness coming off in the ACL. So how how can you say that about a player? You know, yeah. so for me, it, it starts with the discipline of making sure we stay off of Twitter. If they The first time you go to Twitter, bench him. But don't get to a point, like I told you, don't, don't, don't keep allowing things to happen. Either you're coaching it happen, you're allowing it happen. And then and then when the pressure starts closing in on you, then all of a sudden you got to start pointing fingers. It should have been addressed from the get-go. That's how it is as a coach. Yeah. I and mean, I never coached this thing past uh sixth grade. All right. That's that I've only been a fifth or sixth grade coach, but I played this game and I and I understand what it's like to as a player, like what I need from my coaching staff, because I know what they need from me as a player. And, and that's it. And you played for three head coaches in nine years. And I think here's the thing. It's more the optics like we talked about. It's more just how it looks. And I don't remember a Rex team. I could think of one that quit on him. Like, I think your rookie year, the team kind of quit a little bit at the end when you're eight and five. And then obviously there's the giant game and, and the, the Philly game and the game in Miami, right? To end the season, which was tough. Uh, and Santonio Holmes is turn around on the sideline. Maybe at some point you'll tell us that story. I don't know what was happening on that team. And you were a rookie. You're probably wondering what the hell's going on. But like, again, that's the only time I can remember a team that like actually just kind of quit. And then Rex made it through that. And of course, even the, oh, year no, that the four and about, 12 season, you think the that team was quit that year? That was horrible. I mean, what, we were just 14. We were just horrible. I mean, we, right. We knew as players, 
I'm looking around like at the skill. I'm looking at guys we had on the roster. I'm like, dog, this is there's no chance. I'm like, but what did you that call team up? quit? It wasn't was quit. Team? It was just it was it wasn't that it was quit. It was just at a certain point, yeah, you just like okay, whatever. And and coaches get through, go through the motions just like players. You can look yeah. at a game plan and be like, okay, they're just going through the motion. They're just trying to get through. Like stuff is cut down. Like practices are starting to get shorter, and there's no emphasis, no emphasis on the things that we were, you know, talking about early in that year. And like I said, you know, things that you start to let happen. Like you can, you can tell as a player, uh, you know, of going through the motions or what going through the motions look like. From a from a player standpoint to a coach, and then from a coach to a player, you understand it. Yeah, and the the thing is, you talked about the veteran head coaches as opposed to bringing in a young guy. The since Rex Ryan, the team has always tried to get the new fancy coordinator who's a young guy. Whether it was Todd Bowles, his defense right under Bruce Arians, and then it was Adam Gase. Oh, he's this guru offensive mind. Now it's Rob Sala. He was the coordinator for Shanahan out in in, in San Francisco all that stuff. At some point, you need an adult to come in the room and command the room. Somebody who's been there before, somebody who's been there long enough. And I don't think it's Robert Silas' fault. I, I don't want to lose Jeff Ulbrich, but he's probably going to get a head coaching job somewhere at the end of the season anyway. And I don't know if we ever knew what Robert Sala was going to be, but I think we've seen enough to know that we can only get so far with Robert Sala. I don't think we're getting over that hump with Robert Sala. And what I compare it to is a few things. Like, remember when Sam Darnold, after his second year, we weren't sure about him as a quarterback, but it was like, mm, he probably doesn't have it. And I think he was put in a terrible situation because of Gase and because of all the different things. But the Nets, after year two, were like, all right, let's give him one more year. Let's see what happens. When in that draft, there was Joe Burrow, there was Justin Herbert, there was Tua Tagovailoa, and they didn't draft any of those guys because they stuck with with Sam Darnold. The same thing with, with Rex. You stuck with Rex, and you could have gotten out and gotten a um an Andy Reed. But you know, we were like, yeah, I think I think we're good with Rex. And then when Todd Bowles, you stuck with him a year too long, right? And you're like, you want stability. We want at some point you plateau and everyone argues that you need stability. You can't keep firing head coaches over and over again. But at the end of the day, sometimes if you know that you've reached your limit with that head coach, what's firing him a year later going to help you? Like the way I look at it is the New York Rangers and I Maybe you don't you don't know a ton of hockey, but I'll make this a comparison. I don't know it's relevant hockey and, and, at all, so you got to explain. It's a it's it's a good comparison. They brought in uh, a head coach Gerard Gallant, and he took them to the Eastern Conference Finals in their first season, and they went all the way to the end of the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, they lost. Then the next year, they come in with a big expectations, right? Coming off the Eastern Conference Finals, they lose in the first round of the playoffs after having a two nothing lead in the series. And so, sure, you could look at his resume and say he had two years here. And in the two years, he went to the playoffs twice. He went to the Eastern Conference Finals one time. And then he lost in the first round in seven games this next time to a really good New Jersey team. He Give him a year three. But the organization decided, no, we've gone as far as we've gone with him. So they brought in Peter LaViolette. And I know it's early in the season. But the Rangers are the best team in hockey right now. Because there was just this jump that there was this last step, this last hurdle that Gallant wasn't going to get you over and Peter Laviolette as a head coach has gotten you over. When I look at this team right now, I don't think Robert Sala is getting you to that next point, to that next level. You need to go bring in an adult, bring in somebody who can run the organization, who can be the CEO, who can have stability. And to me, the answer is you go to Michigan and you get Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is done with college football right now. There's been rumors that he's going to go to the NFL the last couple of years. Um, I think right now he's at the point where he's had enough with everything going on, with him getting suspended multiple times this year. With the way it's looked, I think he's done. I think he's had enough. He wants to make the jump to the NFL. And if you're Jim Harbaugh, look, there's a much better situation out in LA, right? Go coach for the Chargers. Brandon Staley's probably going to get fired out there. You have... You're in California, great weather. You have Justin Herber, who's an all-time great quarterback. But the thing about coaching out there is it's LA. Who cares? He went to Michigan because he wanted to make an impact. He went to Michigan because he wanted to make a name for himself. He wanted to go to a big-name organization that was struggling and turn them around, and he did it. 
You want to come to a big name organization and turn them around? Come here, come to New York. And by the way, everyone laughed and we made fun. I know on this podcast of Sean Payton, he was going to, to a veteran quarterback who wasn't, who was stuck in his ways in Russell Wilson. And you know what? It looked bad at the beginning, but within a f- one season in his first year, he's turned that franchise around. They've won five games in a row now with Sean Payton. Russell Wilson is a different guy. Russell Wilson is a different quarterback right now than he was. Because you got an adult in the room. You got someone to command the room. So if Rodgers is going to look at Jim Harbaugh and say, I don't want him. I want my guy Hackett to be the head coach if you're going to fire Salah. No, and guess it, that can't happen. Then goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I don't know. That can't it can happen. happen. You mean, believe it, that can't happen? Not as that. He probably can't. They've catered to he, every he, single one of his... They, that can't happen if that happened. That's crazy. Of course it can happen. You don't think that can happen? Oh, he didn't even do good in Denver. Yeah. And yet he's here. He's not even doing good this year. Exactly. You don't think Aaron Rodgers would be like, no, trust me. He's my guy. He could be the head coach. The Jets, the Jets organization would be crazy to, to look at his resume and say, yes. They're crazy for okay. listening to everything Rodgers has wanted until now. They yeah, gave I mean you can't you can't to they can't they can't do that to if I'm gonna tell you like this I'll tell you like this exactly if 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 Nathaniel Hackett becomes the head coach next year you're gonna want you're gonna have a lot of guys on that defense that want out because right now they're listen a lot of guys are gonna want to go with Robert honestly yeah a and, lot of guys are gonna want to go if he if he leaves no matter if it's a coordinate job or another hit whatever it may be and with Jeff. Yeah, they're going to want to leave. They're both going to leave. So you got to look at yourself as like, hey, is our offense better than our defense? Well, so you got to serve the defense right now because they've been the top defense in, what, two years? The last well, consecutive, two consecutive seasons? Yeah. So you have to look at yourself as, as, as an organization and you have to serve your defense right now. You have to. You have to find a way to keep that defense together and then fix the pieces on offense because if you let the defense fall apart, then you're fixing offense and defense and then you're fixing Special teams, you're fixing more than what you need when all you need right now is to keep the defense together and find that missing a few missing pieces, skill players as well. We, we, we let's be honest. I have to be honest with you. All right. Alan Lazar is coming over. It wasn't a good sign. He's four he's dropping football. And he's benched. Benched. You bench him, but you can't bench Zach Wilson. Um, so you have to look at it as like, how can we serve this defense? Like the defense has all the pieces together. So they just need they the offense Salah? to get together. I don't think he's earned the right to stay. Like no, I don't not, think he's not, been bad enough to that he needs to go. But unfortunately, like you have to do something. Keep Salah or keep Jeff. If Jeff doesn't get a head coaching coaching job, you have to find a way to keep him there. You have to find a way to keep him there. Because to me, you, that it, just it, continues the cycle. I we talked about stability. I think but it's here's more the thing too. Like, do you go get an offensive minded head coach? Or defensive minded head coach after this year. I don't year. care. I just I, I, that's the thing. I because don't. So many care things what kind of, change now. When it, when it but comes, it doesn't to that. matter to me. That's not important. Somebody's texting me that we need an offensive minded head coach. I don't think that matters. The Jets haven't had a offense. When was the last time they had an offensive minded head Gase. coach? Forever, right? Yeah, Gase. Gase. Exactly. That 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 worked out great. That's my point. So Gase was the last offensive minded head coach. So that's the guy. No, I'd rather stability. Go get me a guy like Jim Harbaugh who's established in this league and you tell him the franchise is yours for the next 15 years. Turn it around. We know he can do it. He's had success. Mm-hmm. He did it in Michigan. He did it in San Francisco. And by the way, young quarterbacks who weren't expected to be great looks great underneath him. Yeah. Look how he and handled then, the Ale- Colin Kaepernick. And, and the San and Francisco the Alex had a great situation. defense. Like, they had a great defense. Yeah. He fixed the offense. Listen, the, here's some stats. 2011 to 2014, they went 44 and 19 under Jim. That's crazy. The Jets, That's right, by the way, do you know what the Jets record is under Rob Sala? I don't want to hear it. What is it? 15 and 30. See? You got to go get a guy that's established. And you, and you got to almost say, hey, Licks, this is yours for... And you talked about the parent. You talked about the being yeah. the parent. The head coach is the parent. You mm-hmm. know he's going to be the parent in the room. Absolutely. You know that. And and that means Rodgers, you're a kid now. It feels yeah. like Rodgers has been co-parenting at this point this year. And he's almost been the parent above Robert Sala. You bring a guy like Harbaugh in, he's the parent, and Rodgers step in line with everyone else. Absolutely. 
and 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 also with with Harbaugh, he was successful in the NFL, in college, and a lot of coaches cannot do both. Like you either coach yep. NFL, you coach college. So for him to go be successful in both on both levels, let you know that his program, his system works. Whatever it is that he has, his philosophy works. But he has to have that time. Um, then the, that's when the New York Jet fan base has to kind of like, okay, when are we going to get going? Like you have, he has to come in honestly. He has to at least scratch the surface of playoffs. He he has to. He has to. The wheels have to. It has to be. Oh man, the last two games were eliminated. It, 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 that's what oh, he has to sure. show coming in here. But I do think he's. I, I think he's the right guy. He's the right candidate. But I, I'll go a different route. All right. Go ahead. And, and I got two. I got two candidates that that I'm come to mind. All right. When I think about um, when you think about New York Jets, when you think about New Jersey, New York, and the fan base. You need a coach that has to have tough skin. And you have also have to have a coach that is my way or the highway. I don't care who you are. So when I look at it, all right, bear with me. All right, bear with me. When I look at how things are playing out in New England, and if there's a chance that Bill Belichick walks away, I won't say fire because he's going to walk away. Why not? Did I say this three weeks ago? I feel like I did. Why I know it was not? in my notes. You did. And, and now I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Like, why not? And Rex Ryan is looking really good on TV. I take Still. Rex. I take Rex. Look like he hadn't aged a bit. Why not? Here's what we need to do. We need to get Rex on the show, and then he can pitch himself to the Jets on our show. Like, that's what we yeah, should be doing. I'll reach out. I'll get, I'll get somebody to reach out to Rex. Yeah. We got to reach my buddy, out. Because... Listen, my buddy ran into Rex in Nashville and uh, sent me a picture. He was like, man, do you know this guy? I'm like, sexy Rexy? Who, who? I mean, come on. I mean, it's only one other person that looks like him. And yeah, then, it does. And that's his yeah, brother. Yeah, brother, Rob. <laughs> bro. but, uh, but, man, just, you know, he was like, man, he's the coolest dude. I said, man, listen, I know. That's why guys were willing to run through a wall for him. Like, yeah, we struggled, and, but man, we were willing to run through a wall. Like you said, six years, uh, you only seen one year where you felt like, you know, players didn't play. Like, guys were willing to run through a wall, you know what I mean, for for Rex. So, you get a guy that's familiar. Um, he went to Buffalo, put us out of the playoffs. Everybody forgot about that. Yeah. Like, it was like we did, like the New York Jets that year that we almost ran the table, and we, 2015, yep. We got swept by the Buffalo Bills when Rex Ryan was over there. Was that personal. was personal for him. It was personal because he knew he was just, he was close. He knew, he knew it. And um, he knew the pieces that he needed. Like you had guys on his defense that had no business playing NFL football. And he still, you know, we were fighting and doing the things that we needed to do as players. And, and that lets you know the type of coach you had. We just didn't have the talent. So, you know, I would love to see a Rex Ryan you know, part two, or possibly, you know, Bill Belichick, a guy that yeah. come, come in and, you know, what's the worst that can happen for Bill? You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's he's you know, they want to talk about, well, he needs Tom Brady. I, I don't think so. He's just, now it's maybe just time to change scenery and, and just yeah, see what happens from there. Yeah. yeah. Look, I have, I worked for the Ravens and I love John Harbaugh. And so I got to see him personally up close and how he interacts. So I think Jim is younger. And I think that's a big part of this also. He's a little bit younger. So it it, it could be more of a long-term thing. Um, I'm trying to look for stability for long-term. But I have a question for you. Whether it's Rex, whether it's Bill, whether it's Harbaugh. If Aaron Rodgers says, no, 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 keep Salah and, Hack- and, and Hackett and Salah and, and Joe Douglas and all that and say... This was my bad this year. And the organization has the choice and they have the option. And, and, and you have Harbaugh or Bill or Rex and they're all saying, we're willing to come to the Jets. You know that you're getting guaranteed one of them. And Roger says, I'm only playing if you keep this, this head coach and or make Hackett the head coach. Do you get rid of Rogers for the head coach? Well, this is an assumption. 
to all the listeners. Like, we don't know what Rogers. Right, is saying, it's a hypothetical. But, Correct. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's hypothetical. Um, uh, is is this is this saying Aaron? No, we're gonna go get this, and he said, "I'm out. Let him walk." Yeah, is that what you're saying? I would, I would let him walk because here's why, Aaron. A 40-year-old coming off an Achilles how much, injury. I mean, but how much money did they guarantee him, though? I don't care. I, I I can turn my franchise around. Who knows when the next time I'm going to have... A, if if Jim Harbaugh makes the jump to the NFL this year, he's going to be with that team for the next decade plus. Mm. You, you can't miss this opportunity right now. If and let's be honest. He's, in a, he's, right in, a, he's in a big traditional program right now, Michigan. Like You have to win in Michigan or you out. So he can handle... Exactly. He can handle exactly. like the pressure That's of my coming in, turning it around, and I do he think turned, he. I, I think Michigan he'll be that he guy. He turned them around. He beat Ohio State for the third consecutive time on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. with him not and even on the sideline. On the sideline. Shout out to my boy Sharon. Uh, Sharon Moore is over there. He was he was a a GA when I was in college, so he's doing his thing as the OC. But um, honestly, you have to. In three years, I just feel like we, it hasn't been any, like when Rex was here, the first two years, AFC Championship, and then it's been like, oh, no, 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 just never could get back. But that, but that had a lot to do with what, though? With Rex Ryan. OCs on the other side, you bring in Martin, uh, Martin Morningwig, you had Mark Sanchez. Well, Mark Sanchez didn't fit Martin Morningwig's offense, so then you had to go get a Geno Smith, a young guy. Then Geno kind of didn't turn the table because with a young quarterback, you have to have the talent. We didn't have the talent from the skill position. So with so many pieces and factors that go into it, um, I, I just feel like defense needs to be catered right now, let's be honest, and then offense needs to be handled. I, I think you you have to go get Jim. You have And you have to say, Aaron, well, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. Right, you exactly. I mean? like, and, and that's the thing. You're going to have a high draft pick. They're four and seven right now. Like I said, they might end four and 13. Drafts one of these young quarterbacks. There's a lot of them in the draft this year. But not early, bring though. A, don't go, don't waste it on... I'm tired yeah, of Yeah, bring in a veteran. Early, if Rodgers doesn't want to bring be a here... Bring a veteran and... Yeah. And, and go get a, a quarterback that's second, third round. Guy that can... And build the franchise and the right from who, Exactly. Maybe you go get you know a veteran quarterback for a couple of years and, and watch this kid bloom. And hopefully he takes off. You know what's funny? We see Miami bring in the hotshot young offensive coordinator as the head coach. They take off. We've seen Trevor Lawrence and... Or forget about Trevor Lawrence. CJ Stroud, second overall pick in the draft. Quarterback, they take off. Didn't work for the Jets. They tried the hotshot coordinator. Didn't work. They tried the, the second overall pick in the draft. Didn't work. We've seen the Rams go out and get an old veteran quarterback to come in and try and win. We've seen Denver go out and get the old veteran quarterback and try and win. We've seen Tampa did it with Tom Brady and they all won. All three teams of those ones. The Jets go out and get Rodgers. Doesn't work. At some point, it's just the franchise. At some point, you're cursed. <laughs> It's just the Jets. It's the same old Jets. And that's why we talk about these decisions. Maybe you change the colors or something. Maybe. I don't care. Move the team to London already and just put me out of my misery. Like, because because we talk about these decisions. Should they get Harbaugh? Should they move off of Rodgers? Should they bring back the offensive coordinator? Should they bring back the head coach? Should they make Hackett the head coach, which they shouldn't? But all these things, I just know that whatever they do will be the wrong decision. Because they did everything right off the last offseason, in my opinion. They got Rodgers. They did what they were supposed to do. They were a win-now team. They were ready to do it. And that didn't work out. Nothing that they do ever works out. And that's where I'm at with this franchise. Like, we started this talking about how you just have to laugh. We can talk on and on and on in circles about what they should and can and will. And doesn't matter. This team just... I mean, they find a way to screw it up. Yeah. All right, we'll save our around the NFL for Wednesday or Thursday. Sorry, we went a little long. Um, so we'll do a mailbag on Thursday also. So if people have questions, send them in at flightsnack24 on, at gmail.com. Or you could tag Bilal or me on Instagram, Twitter, and send us the questions. We want to hear from you. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more to talk about later in this week. I'm not even sure what the conversation will be. Maybe Rogers will be back at practice. I'm curious to see what he has to say on McAfee this week. 
So there'll be a lot to talk about later in the week. And then obviously we'll preview the game. And they're now two and a half point dogs at home against Atlanta on Sunday. So we'll preview that game also. Uh, until next time, I'll see you at Bilal, all right? I'll see you, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.